So much of what you read nowadays is so slanted as to really be quite false. Be really clear about where you want your energy to go. Spend your energy wisely. Leave your mind open. But always be asking yourself, could I be wrong here? Could I be a little wrong? Ask yourself when you read something, do I know this to be true? Be careful of what you repeat. Don't tell people stuff as if it's the gospel truth just because you heard it. We all have to keep asking ourselves, what if the truth lies somewhere in the middle here? Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Vibe Show. I'm Robin Openshaw. I'm your host. And on this show, we talk about everything that has an impact on your vibrational frequency. And you know, in this crazy new era that we have entered starting in March 2020, I've had to go back to the principles that I wrote about in my book, Vibe. Um, that book was published in 2017 by Simon & Schuster, hit all the bestseller lists, same name as this podcast. I started the podcast at the same time that I published the book. And, and the book is about how everything in the world is simply energies and how we organize them or disorganize them is in so many ways up to us. The choices that we make every single day affect whether we're living at the higher, more stable and smooth frequencies where, where we have love and peace and joy and we're experiencing those, you know, all day, every day. Not, that's not to say that we all have uh, no negative emotions. It's just that we know how to get back there. We know how to protect those energies or whether we're living in the lower, more fractured, more chaotic vibrations of chronic stress or anger and anxiety. And so today I want to share a story with you. It's four months in my rearview mirror now. And so it's it's now a story that I have more clarity about to be able to look back and share what I learned about it. Little did I know that being attacked by four pharmaceutical trolls, not four, 400, <laughs> in one day, and for about three weeks, it was really quite relentless. It was on many social media platforms. Um, they were out getting people to publish things about me. Little did I know that that experience that I had was preparing me in many ways for the leadership role that I feel like I need to take on as we head into a new era. Um, this COVID-19 thing, if you haven't listened to my last few episodes, you may not be aware that I believe that we have radically changed our world. And you're probably aware of that too. Um, if you're here, it's because you're a person who questions the mainstream and uh, maybe you're one who rocks the boat and you're you're having you know difficult conversations with people you love and people have been convinced by the mainstream media to stay at home and be scared of a virus when that is exactly what the people who executed this plan, including Bill Gates, Tony Fauci, and a bunch of billionaire bankers want to happen to us. They want our future to be different than maybe you and I want it to be if we care about freedom. We care about our children having a future like the the lives that we've enjoyed for the past few decades that are that, that is now in jeopardy. So, you know, I thought that it would be interesting to reflect on and chat with you about this theme of what do you do? when in a crisis situation, when you're attacked, when you feel very wronged. And what do those choices that you make at that time have to do with your vibrational frequency? So on November 29th of last year of 2019, 
I made a Facebook post. It wasn't on my public figure page where there's, you know, like 210,000 people. It was just on my personal page. And I wrote a little bit about what's in the flu vaccine. Now, this post really wasn't super provocative. You know, you can read something like that in probably hundreds of other Facebook pages on any given day. But I was just writing about, you know, the fact that people say to me, wow, I got the I got the flu vaccine, but I've been sick this year, as if the flu vaccine keeps you from getting sick. And so what I talked about is here's how the flu vaccine is made. Um, the year before, uh, the CDC, in conjunction with pharmaceutical companies, and, and I hope that you know that they're in bed together. Um, they are almost one and the same. There is no, if you think that the CDC is a watchdog organization or that the FDA is, for that matter, over the drug companies, there's a lot of conflicts of interest there. But um, I said they get together and they sort of do their best guess about what maybe four flu strains might show up the next year. And they make the drug based on that, even though there's probably over a hundred different flu strains that might show up, they're really guessing. And in addition to those four strains, which uh, have limited efficacy, even if they get it right, even if some or all of those four are the ones that actually show up next year, then you've got like monkey and, and dog and all kinds of animal DNA and RNA. You have formaldehyde, you have uh, aluminum, you have mercury, you have aborted fetal tissue. I mean, I, you might be saying that is crazy. I don't believe you. Well, look it up. It's This is all a matter of public record. This is not some theory, but that's what's in the vaccine and your, your immune system revolts. And that's why you see people covered head to toe with rashes, people who, you know, like my son after the MMR vaccine, immediate uh, life-threatening asthma and in and out of hospitals. And so he, his vaccine injury made me start to really question and look into what, what am I doing? Why, you know, why am, do I want to get, you know, what it wasn't then 72 doses like it is now, but I just posted a little, a little post about that. It wasn't very long and it just said, Hey, it's, it's a guess. It's only like 40 to 60% effective in any given year on average. And out of the woodwork, hundreds of trolls began to attack my personal page. Now, this had not happened before. I probably had a troll or two, but this was like this big organized effort. I guess these trolls have pages that they all hang out on where they plan attacks on people who think differently than they do. Within a day or so, there were like 1,600 comments and hundreds and hundreds of shares on that page. And I didn't realize because this had never happened to me before. Um, and honestly, as long as I've been out there and with as many controversial things as I have said, I'm surprised that I haven't had an attack of trolls before, but I hadn't. And so probably a lot of those shares were by people who were trolls and they were sharing them into these pages where these, these guys congregate and they plan to attack anybody who thinks differently than they do. So, um, you know, there were people in those 1600 comments, there were people who were friends of mine who were horrified at what was, what, what was happening. And they were saying, these people are paid. These are like paid pharmaceutical trolls. And I think you can make a case for that um, in the sense that why do these people spend so much time attacking others just for their opinions, just for you know, saying something on Facebook on their personal page about what the flu vaccine is made of, right? So um, I don't think they're paid. I really don't. Even though a lot of my friends and people who follow me were saying that, 
I don't think they're paid. And the reason is that most of them are very inarticulate. Most of them are doing nothing but personal attacks. They aren't actually making a case for why the flu vaccine is safe and effective. For instance, if I were a drug company and I were actually paying people to go out all over social media and advocate for my product and gaslight people who, you know, have have a disagreement with my product, I would arm them with good information. There was none of that going on. None of them made an articulate or a coherent argument of any kind. They literally just did, you know, like crazy personal attacks. So we researched some of the worst ones and who were the worst ones? Well, first of all, the worst ones actually went on my public figure page. Uh, one of them who called herself Brianna Kristen, also Kristen Brianna had a number of different fake profiles. All of them have fake profiles. Okay. These are real people who set up fake profiles to end run the Facebook rules. Um, and that one, the, the girl who calls her Kristen Brianna, we know quite a bit about these people. I had some of my staff really dig into who are these people. I'm like, who spends this kind of time and energy going around attacking others? Well, this one, Kristen Brianna, turns out she's a 30 year old, not very well, not very well physically or in terms of mental health, a young lady unemployed living with her mother. Um, she was tagging other trolls on my page and three different times in one day because I wasn't paying attention. I was off at work. I, I don't sit and look at Facebook all day, every day. Uh, she was telling other trolls to go attack my public figure page and write fake reviews. And so in the course of 24 hours, these trolls wrote 32 fake reviews, including, and they put up a, like a alternative green smoothie girl page. It's still there. I, I have it blocked now, but it was actually fairly entertaining. Um, they defaced images of me. Uh, they said all kinds of terrible things about me. These are all people who do not know me, mind you, these are complete strangers. And I had to know that because I was like, who are these people who spend, who have spent an inordinate amount of time attacking me personally, anywhere they can find me over nothing more significant than my opinions on the flu vaccine. So you had this Kristen Brianna, who, again, that's not her real name. We know her real name, but um, we're, we're not going to stoop to their level. We're not going to name their actual names. But that young lady, 30-year-old single girl living with her mom in Oklahoma, um, was uh, very inarticulate and kind of went around just saying awful things. Like she said the same thing to me that she said to probably about 12 other victims of hers that I found. Um, or people started to come forward and tell me about that. There's another one whose fake Facebook profile is her. She calls herself Kristen Pink. Again, not her real name, though I do know her real name. Um, she lives in Austin. She's a single mother. She's She, unlike most of them, is employed. She, at least at the time, was a director of, a, of marketing for a gaming company. And she just ferociously believes that anyone who believes differently than she does that all the products that the pharmaceutical industry wants to produce should not be questioned, should be administered to everyone. Everyone should lose their rights and all injections that the pharmaceutical industry wants to produce should be administered to us. We should lose our rights. She apparently believes that any dissenters should be punished by a vigilante army. Um, another one who calls herself Marie and she uses anime images instead of photos of herself on her fake accounts. She is a young woman in West Virginia struggling with her mental health, loses jobs quickly and asks people money for, to put her through college. There's another middle-aged guy, um, 
whose name is Tim, who uh, even puts up a uh, fan page for himself. He works for his pharmaceutical company in Ohio, I believe, and he spends an amazing amount of time on this this hobby of being a pharma troll. Uh, he has he had three fake profiles, and they were at least two of them were um, a stock image of the backside of a man wearing pants, and so it's 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 the backside of a man wearing a suit and bending over and going to moon you or pulling his pants down. So that's what he does with his spare time. Um, and then there's a a woman named Erin Costello. She has a photoshopped image. And she is a very angry single mom who goes around the internet attacking not just people who feel differently about the pharmaceutical products, but actually she, and she was very proud of herself, she wrote me an angry, threatening uh, message on Facebook. She Her claim to fame is that she's been on CNN. And I highly recommend you look her up on CNN. You'll see that that you know her image on Facebook is kind of like a photoshopped image of her actual self on CNN. But her claim to fame is that she goes around the internet attacking parents of vaccine-injured children or or babies who died after a vaccination. She goes around and she attacks them and she writes blog posts about, about them. So anyway, this, this group of people, this type of hobby is something I knew nothing about. I did not know that there were people like this in the world. And so they're, they're from all over the country. They come from different circumstances. I sort of touched on them. Uh, I doubt that they've, you know, from what I could see, I've doubt that they've ever met each other in person, but they, they come together on pages on Facebook due to their similar interests. And, um, what brings them together is their enjoyment of trolling strangers. So, it's a good, you know, case study on the fact that there are some low vibrations out there that people gravitate to. Plus their sort of unifying theme is that they believe that all of our civil rights should be suspended when it comes to this for-profit industry uh, that's been caught in a lot of corruption for a long time or the pharmaceutical industry, the vaccine industry. They truly believe that it's a righteous mission that nobody should get to choose in or out of any vaccine and that there is no punishment too strong. If you read the things these people said about me, um, they believe there's no punishment too strong for any dissenters. And they're just formed into this vigilante group to enforce pain and suffering on anybody who disagrees with them. So what's then, you know, to take it to the next level, what's really interesting is that they got this ACLU type lawyer um, an attorney in Chicago named Ari Cohn. And this guy, wow, I watched him spend an amazing amount of time writing up a huge hit piece on me. I That's how I ended up actually connecting with Dr. Shiva. If you're aware of Dr. Shiva, who um, is running for Senate, and he's very vocal out, out there since this whole COVID-19 thing started, used to be married to my friend Fran Drescher, the nanny. Um, but there was a hit piece on Dr. Shiva on this particular, I'm not even going to name the piece of media that did the hit piece on me, but it was, it's like a 40 page piece. And this attorney, Ari Cohn clearly had written it because he spent, I don't know how he gets his billable hours in at his law firm because he's, he had to spend a couple hundred hours trolling me and he started by just attacking me on my personal Facebook page and then just obsessing about me. He even went and he found that old wife swap show that I've told you about in detail. 
I didn't even know that there was a link where you could watch that old show out there on demand. Um, I only know that because somebody told me that this guy who is completely obsessed with everything I do, Ari Cohn, the attorney, he posted about me hundreds of times on Twitter. We actually took our Twitter accounts down. I've never been on Twitter in my life personally, but I have accounts there that my staff runs. We took them down for 30 days because uh, they'll, if you if you leave your Twitter account down for 30 days, they disappear. But I think my staff went back up on day 29 or something like that, lit our Twitter account back up. But yeah, so there was this article in this very, you know, largely distributed tech blog. It's been around for something like 20 years and it has big readership. And um, they had attacked Dr. Shiva Ayadurai, who, like I said, is running for Senate. Um, and he's the inventor of email. When he was 14, he literally got a patent on it when he was like 16, 17. He was on the cover of Time for inventing email. And he spent two years suing them for the hit piece. Now, this is where Dr. Shiva and I differ because I took a look at this. I took a look at all the people involved. I really considered taking some legal action. I definitely met with a few attorneys and and I still would if, you know, depending on what they did from this point forward, we've pretty much, you know, closed them off at the pass everywhere that they were attempting to do harm. But um, this lawyer guy wrote this piece or co-authored it with this, this tech blog and they used this completely false headline, Green Smoothie Girl sends 32 C&Ds for mediocre customer reviews. Right? You got that? This is, and, and this again, you know, we've talked about developing and using your critical thinking skills when it comes to evaluating information in health and wellness, evaluating information. Like how important is that right now with the mainstream media? I mean, I can't even count how many stories I've seen where the headline is that, you know, in, uh, in Ecuador, they're handing out cardboard coffins. And then you read the article and there's no facts in it besides that less than 200 people have died in this, in this, uh, you know, country of 20, one 19 or 21 million people, less than 200 people have died, but they're handing out cardboard coffins. And it actually, you know, when you read the story, it doesn't actually say that there were, you know, any cardboard coffins at all. They just quote somebody saying, we could be handing out cardboard coffins. Just as one example of how people who haven't developed their critical thinking skills and don't ask difficult questions of the crappy media that we're being served every day now, they're, they're at a loss and they're going to end up in fear and panic and they're going to be at home scared of their own family members and afraid to go to the store and thinking the lettuce they buy is going to give them a virus if we don't have these critical thinking skills. I mean, there's another one I saw where they said that a baby died of coronavirus. Well, then you read the article and if you read and read and read and read, you get to the bottom and you find out that the mother died of, they don't even know why she wasn't sick, unknown reasons, the mother died and it was her 22 week old fetus that died, that they're calling a baby that died of coronavirus. This this infant wasn't to term. This infant was never even born. Um, so many stories like that where, gosh, critical thinking skills could not be more important. So so they wrote this hit piece, Green Smoothie Girl sends 32 CNDs for mediocre customer reviews. So, so here's the thing. I never read a piece that this girl, Erin Costello, um, you know, the one who is very proud of herself for going on CNN to talk about how she attacks uh, parents of babies who died after a vaccine. That, that girl, right? Uh, the CNN fame. 
I never did read her blog post that she wrote about me. You know why? Because I should protect my energy because I'm not going to, just because somebody wants to throw a rope across a mud puddle as a therapist, I would say this, you know what? You have the chance if you're, you know, if you're, if I'm counseling people who are getting a divorce, for instance, uh, if, if your ex-spouse throws the rope across the mud puddle, you have a choice whether you lean over and pick up that rope. Cause guess what happens if you pick up a rope over a mud puddle? You start pulling on it, you're in a game of tug and war, tug of war. Probably both of you are going to end up covered with mud. So I never did read her blog post. And the one in the tech magazine, I kind of skimmed it. I saw what they were doing. I saw that they were lying about me because it wasn't 32 mediocre customer reviews. They were um, totally fraudulent, non-customers. And they were anything but mediocre. They literally said things like, I was in the hospital with cyanide poisoning using her products, right? I did reach out to Dr. Shiva. I wanted to talk to him about his experience with them slandering him, but I never did get on the phone with him because I just kind of lost interest. I decided as I have many, many times with many um, situations that we all have to face in our life, like how much energy might I give this negative thing? And so I just decided I'm, I'm not letting these people have my energy. I didn't even read what they wrote. And does it matter? No, it doesn't. And here's the thing. It's exactly like what I told you when I told you about what the whole wife swap experience was like and where ABC really manipulated footage, really manipulated us, my family, um, to get the show that they wanted. I know someone said to me, the people who know you don't believe what they saw and the people who don't know you don't matter. And so I just applied that life lesson. Those life lessons from the, from the crises I've been in in my past uh, really come to bear and remind me of how to behave, how to protect my energy in another crisis. So this this crisis four months ago, you know what? I think it reiterated for me all the principles that you read in my book, Vibe. Um, and I know many of you on this podcast have read that book. It is never more relevant than it is right now in this crisis that we're in. It reminded me that I do have a choice of how deep am I going to go? I chose not to spend two years suing that tech blog, even though a lot of people read it. I have lots of other press. That thing will be buried in a matter of months, if not sooner. It was stressful for a few weeks. I don't think it would have been had I realized that had I ever been attacked by trolls and mass like that before, if I just closed that Facebook post to anybody but friends. Um, but right now my page is open to friends and people following. And that's because I have more people following even my personal page. I have 6,000 following. And even though I maxed at 5,000 friends, you know, 10 years ago, but, um, you know, I'm in good company. These trolls go on a lot of other pages with a lot of other good people who are holistic leaning. Um, they call them names. They threaten them. Uh, many of them have, uh, fake troll profiles that say things like pharma shill and um, anti-vaxxers must die is something that one of these uh, fake troll profiles said. So I really got uh, an interesting wake up call about, you know, I think I live kind of in my bubble where I've chosen the people I want to spend my time with and I've chosen what I'm going to do with my time. And I spend all my time doing positive things. So it was such a strange, rude awakening to have all these really, really ugly, fake people come into my life and attack me. So one of the things that I did 
um, is that I blocked all of them. I wish I'd blocked them faster. If I had it to do over again, I just, I just block trolls. If people are going to say awful, ugly things on my page, just block them. Um, do, I mean, you, you don't have to stand for being harassed on your Facebook page. I hope you'll do that too. If anybody is awful to you on your Facebook page. Um, but we did send, and it was actually one of my employees and my daughter who sent 32 very informal written by me cease and desists. And what that basically is, is if you're going to harm my business and you're going to harm my good name, then you face legal consequences. And so we sent that to, uh, you know, that the woman, Erin Costello with the, the fake profile, go, you can go look, look her up. Um, you can go look what you wrote about me if you want to. I never read it. Um, you can go see her on CNN very proudly talking about um, what she does to parents who've lost their babies. Um, so, you know, I didn't read it. I didn't spend any time on it, but I did do some research and I considered doing those things. But one thing I learned, I also consulted some PR experts is, and this PR expert told me the first rule of trolls is, Somehow I've been very lucky that in 13 years, I've had very little experience with them, at least um, in terms of organized trolls is first rule of trolls is don't engage. They are very low vibration. Like you might spend a whole year and besides maybe some casual encounters in public with people who chronically live in low frequencies, you, you might be like me and you just really don't have any interaction with folks like this. And so you forget until you have an experience like this, that they even exist I don't even, until this whole thing started six weeks ago, where I feel like it absolutely affects everything about our future. And now I'm wishing I had been more involved with politics until this point. Um, I typically don't tune in to the politics on Facebook very much, like the presidential election. I remember it well uh, four years ago. Uh, and now here we are with a, a similar situation, but worse. So what I learned in investigating these people to decide what I was going to do and how much energy I was going to invest about the very legally actionable harm they inflicted or attempted to inflict on me personally and on my business is that they seek out conflict. And they believe that free speech is for them and their causes. Ironically, this Ari Cohn guy in Chicago, he made it all about that in this, in this blog post online. Um, he made it all about free speech and that I am somehow standing in the way of other people's free speech, which is really ironic since these people came in my own home, right? My personal page. Um, and they believe in their speech, but th their free speech, but they will deny it to others. So they consider speaking up against pharmaceutical products that you don't feel are safe and effective or tested to be safe and effective. They believe that to be something along the lines of being a baby killer or some kind of treason. So the point is you and I may try to really stay in positive mindsets and around people who are loving and kind and civil, but it turns out there are people for whom hateful words and profanity and insults and all the stuff I found myself in last year, November 29th and beyond. They are attacking strangers for nothing more than an opinion that's different than theirs. It's their hobby. It's what they spend their free time doing. It's a standard in their day. So you know how at the beginning of every episode of my podcast, there's an intro and it says that that's what we're seeking out on this show is where good health and love and joy and peace are the daily standard. It's very, very interesting to note that there are people in the world for whom the opposite of that is their daily standard. Hate, conflict, unkindness, poor physical health, poor mental health, 
as we really looked into who these people are, I wasn't surprised to learn that that they suffer with really poor health. A couple of them were actually really young in their in their 20s um, or, or 30 years old. And they're, they're housebound and they're unhappy and they're ill. And so I definitely tried to tap into my, uh, my own compassion for them. I mean, you know, Jesus did, that's the very least I can do is try to, you know, walk a mile in their shoes and think about how did they get to this point where, uh, this is their main hobby. So one of the things I learned from this is that as strongly as I believe that the human immune system is innately powerful and can be leveraged. There are people who do not believe the human immune system has any power whatsoever and that we need to inject ourselves with chemicals, heavy metals, viruses, and dead bacteria in order to be healthy. So it might be more useful to to talk about what I didn't do. And I think that many people would have done all three of these things. Um, It's really easy for your limbic brain and its immediate response to threats to give garbage a lot of attention, right? When it comes into our lives. And, and like I said, I don't usually have a lot of garbage in my life or negative or angry people, but here's the things I didn't do. Number one, I didn't give it a lot of my energy. I did assess what actions I wanted to take. I talked to lawyers on the phone. I did have legal grounds. I can't say it didn't cost me any energy. I can say I minimized it. Number two, I didn't say any unkind words to anyone. And in fact, I didn't even say anything at all off of that personal Facebook post on my own page. I never said one word on Twitter, on any of the trolls, fake Facebook posts, nothing, nowhere. Number three, you've heard celebrities say that they don't read their own press and I did not read it. Somebody showed me the the lady who went on CNN to to attack the anti-vaxxers and usually she's not attacking anti-vaxxers so much as people who lost a baby right? Um, but a couple people sent me her blog post because she was out there invoking my name all over the place. And um, I never read it. I never read the fake reviews on on uh, my public figure page. We delisted my page as a public figure page. Now it's a, it's a business page. That doesn't matter. It's still growing. Um, so, you know, what I'm trying to say is you, you have the right just because somebody throws the rope across the mud puddle doesn't mean you have to pick it up. I protect my high vibration. And unless I have to read negative stuff, I just don't. I don't think my audience reads some technology blog. You know how many people, you know how many of my followers have brought it to me and said, Robin, have you seen what they wrote about you? None. Not one single one of my readers has ever wrote me or messaged me about it. I would imagine probably some of them have seen it and they probably just read it and go, huh, doesn't sound like the green smoothie girl I know. So those are things I didn't do. Here's what I did do. I did gather evidence, first of all, of the ways these people attacked my business, of the lies they told that legally qualify as defamation of character, um, slander. And if they were to continue, that would all be useful. And we have it all, especially of those five or four or five major trolls I told you about. We did collect the ugly things that they did do to other people out there as well, not just me. Number two, we did report some of the sort of career trolls um, who all have these fake profiles, which are illegal on Facebook. And Facebook did take many of their profiles down. Uh, We took our Twitter page down. And like I said, I've never even been on Twitter in my life. Um, But Green Smithy Girl had had a page out there. And I think I had a personal page and my, my team ran that. And the trolls just really went crazy 
on Twitter with that. They they would actually target, I don't know how you do this. Like I said, I don't know anything about Twitter, but they would actually target our followers on there. So I did disable that for 30 days. I did eventually shut that post that was going so viral down so that, you know, it just wasn't fodder for the trolls. Um, I did send a message to the 32 people who wrote the fake profiles. Um, and I wrote a big, long blog post and we, I had collected dozens of screenshots of the slander and the fake reviews on the green smoothie girl page. So I have that ready to go. Should I ever decide I do want to pursue legal action or take this on in a public way, but I decided to just be silent about it. Just let it, let it go away. We also took down comments on YouTube. We disabled commenting on some of our, um, some of our YouTube videos. So we appealed the fake book reviews on Amazon. We appealed to Facebook. They did take down the 32 fake slanderous reviews, but I just decided to just take down reviews altogether. So I think one of the lessons for you in all this, as I'm thinking like, how is this valuable to you? Is it so much of what you read nowadays is so slanted as to really be quite false. And I know Americans are really jaded by how biased the media has become. And we should be. If I have ever seen more fake news and biased news, um, it has been in the six weeks since this whole COVID-19 thing rolled out. It's like we, we just don't know. We don't trust what we read anymore. So here's what I think you can take from my experiences. First of all, be really clear about where you want your energy to go. Spend your energy wisely. If you go down a dark bunny trail in your life, like I did late last November, you have to do so knowing that it's dark in there. Okay. I have several times in my life been deeply wronged in business or in my divorce or whatever. And I decided to just drop it. I didn't sue the person. I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it to others. I extracted the meaning, the learning opportunity, and I put the rest in the rearview mirror. Secondly, for me, it was really useful to write everything out is definitely an unnerving experience. That's really an understatement to have hundreds of strangers attacking you publicly, calling you names, saying things about you that aren't true, but I have to care enough about my vibration and also what I'm putting out into the world to just lay it down, right? I mean, Jesus forgave the people who crucified him. I think the most important lesson that virtually every human being has in front of them in their life is to learn to forgive. And and I didn't really forgive all the people who wronged me because I'm so kind and wonderful. I did it for me. I don't want my life and my energy to be hijacked into somebody else's negative vortex. So, you know, I have this very well-written piece showing what these trolls did, proving what they did in detail, not just to me, but others. I have evidence of them in their little groups where they gather. I had People give me screenshots of it, telling people to attack my business and also bragging about the harm they've done to other people. And, you know, I don't need to publish it to have organized my thoughts. And and I found writing them out to be very, very useful. I've done that many times in my life is I write it out and then I don't even send it. I don't even necessarily publish it. But you know what? I also will not stop speaking up about the issues I care about. I think that courage is needed in 2020 on the internet, it has never been more valuable than it is right now. The internet used to be a place that you had a lot of freedom of speech, but that's no longer true. Everybody right now who's talking about the connection between 5G and the COVID-19 virus 
Everywhere somebody's talking about that, it is being brought down. It is being actively censored by Facebook, by YouTube. Um, Google has very much become pay to play. You want to look for holistic health information, you better go to a different search engine like DuckDuckGo because Google has pretty much wiped anything, any kind of alternative health information off of the search engine. And that's what, you know, 90 something percent of the searching going on worldwide is on Google. And you literally can't find my content on there or anybody else who's doing really quality, good research and publishing about, for instance, how to get well without drugs, without a vaccine. How do you get well by strengthening your immune system, by respecting and honoring the processes of the body? So Google is favoring medical sites and disfavoring everybody who has an alternative story to tell in the world of health and wellness. And what I mean is they set their very complex algorithms to put certain types of sites in front of you, whether you want them or not, and they keep other sites out of the search results. So I'm not letting my site go down the tubes over it. We don't actually publish any education about vaccine issues, unfortunately. I would love to. But all of my colleagues who have done that have destroyed the traffic on their website and destroyed their reach. So I'm careful about it. I talk about it on my personal page because I'm willing to jeopardize my personal page. But, you know, can't talk about my belief that that I, I and you should have the right to choose what medical products are injected into our body, which I'm sure you've noticed has become a very incendiary topic all over social media, even before this whole COVID-19 thing which complicates it and, and escalates this whole issue where we've got Bill Gates and, and Tony Fauci and others um, in positions of power saying, basically, your right to gather is canceled until you are chipped or tattooed and tracked and medical products that aren't even yet developed that we don't even know if they're safe and effective. Nobody's ever been able to develop a safe and effective coronavirus vaccine for they tried with, with SARS, they tried with MERS and they literally just killed people in the testing. And so, you know, they're, they're saying that our constitutional rights are canceled until we have a vaccine. So what, we're just not going to have an economy for the next 18 months. And a lot of us are going to be unemployed while Bill Gates gets set up to make billions and billions and billions of dollars with a mandatory vaccine. I don't think so. So I don't write about that on the green smoothie girl, Facebook much, but I'll tell you where I can speaking up about important issues that I'm educated about and want to help others educated about like here on iTunes. It is so important to me. It's like fourth in line after air and food and water to me. So this podcast and my personal Facebook page are really the only places left where um, I feel like I can speak up about these issues sometimes. It's not my number one topic, but it's a topic where I can't speak freely anymore, anywhere, ever. But You know, I hope that if medical freedom matters to you, that you are talking about it to your family. If you're my age and you have adult children, I hope you're bringing these conversations up because my children are going to have babies in the next five to 10 years. And I want them to know that how I feel about it and what my research is and how they can do some similar research before they make huge uh, choices that impact my future grandchildren. Another thing I think you can learn from my experience. And this whole conversation is to leave your mind open, not so open that your brain falls out. That's an old saying that I got from a congressional hearing years and years ago is the the Clarence Hill. I remember somebody saying that 
leave your mind open, but not so open that your brain falls out. But always be asking yourself, could I be wrong here? Could I be a little wrong? Could I be a lot wrong? Could I be completely wrong? It's really interesting to watch these trolls. Um, I had a lot of people write me on social media and show me screenshot evidence of other people that they attacked and that they, you know, went in, in, you know, small businesses like a chiropractor where they went and, and gave him negative reviews. And then they went in their little groups and high-fived each other. It's really interesting to see that these big fans of all pharmaceutical products, it's almost like they're those super rabid sports team fans that they, they like paint their faces, the colors of the team. And then they turn feral at the game as if, as if at the game, there's a good guy and a bad guy in the conflict between the two opposing teams. These trolls have decided that the pharmaceutical industry is a white knight and that this whole industry is entirely without guile and that the the wealthiest industry in the history of the world needs defenders to protect them. They, they literally believe you should lose your freedom if these big publicly traded drug companies whose agenda sitting around boardrooms is to maximize profits. If they say you should have this product, it should be forced on you. And they are the little vigilante enforcers. So I think we all have to keep asking ourselves, what if the truth lies somewhere in the middle here? What if some vaccines are safe and effective, or at least worth the risk, and some aren't? You know, when I did my research after my oldest son was very vaccine injured, I came to the conclusion that that tetanus is probably a shot that has the lowest, uh, you know, risk for adverse events or death. I still didn't give it to my kids because I also found that there were no deaths nationwide of tetanus under the age of 50. And so I decided that there was no point in giving my kids the tetanus vaccine when their risk of like whatever the risk factors are, and they aren't what I was told back then, um, aren't going to happen until they're over the age of 50. By then the vaccine will have worn off. So I didn't actually get it for them, but at least that one I didn't feel was extremely unsafe. Like I, I came to the conclusion with some other vaccines. I mean, the Gardasil vaccine, I believe is pure fraud. I think the flu vaccine is a terrible product that doesn't work and that causes all kinds of other problems. I mean, this whole 5G thing, guess what? When you inject yourself full of heavy metals, you make yourself an antenna for 5G. We wanna keep our exposure to heavy metals low. Another thing we can learn is just really sharpen your critical thinking skills and use them. That's what we were doing in fourth grade when we would read a passage and then we would you know, write a paragraph about what we learned. Okay, then we got to be older and we were asked to critique information. As an English major undergraduate, I was asked to read these really dense, really intense works of literature and then write an argument. You know, I remember my then husband used to say, oh, as an English major, you're just learning how to lie. I said, no, we're learning how to make our case. We're learning how to make a case and support it. But I feel like it was so good for me developing those critical thinking skills. Otherwise, if we don't have those critical thinking skills, we are the pawns of a lot of people. We are the pawns of a lot of industries who have a motive that may not be in your best interests. So ask yourself when you read something, do I know this to be true? Be careful of what you repeat. Don't tell people stuff as if it's the gospel truth just because you heard it, unless you've really investigated it. I often 
you know, if I haven't done that deep research, I try to qualify what I say, like, well, I've read this, but I can't prove it. Or I believe that XYZ based on other information I do have. Um, you know, but, but I, I like to say, don't take this as a gospel truth. I'm still figuring this out for myself. I still enjoy the conversation and laying out my case or my theory, even if I don't have the final answer yet. But so many times people will write me a question about something in the health and nutrition world. And I say, I don't know, but here are some thoughts to help you think that through a different point of view, maybe, because I think as human beings, we have this urge to slot everything in a file folder in our mind right? Sometimes we put things in the wrong file folder though. I have a, a colleague who wrote an incredible runaway bestseller about a specific disease state that she had and she, you know, figured it out and turned some things around in her lifestyle in her early thirties. And she wrote this huge book and it was a runaway bestseller. And I thought to myself, hmm, you are going to change your mind about a lot of what you just wrote and a lot of what you think is true in the next 10 years. So you know, just be aware of that, 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 you know, we are still learning and growing and we have not arrived at all the answers yet. I mean, you know, by now that not everything you read on the internet is true. So if you read that article about me with the heading Green Smoothie Girl sends 32 CNDs for mediocre customer reviews, you wouldn't recognize me as you read it. Same thing with Wife Swap. People said, it really didn't seem like you. And I said, well, that's because they had 200 hours of footage and it became 44 minutes of highly curated and edited stuff with music and voiceover to manipulate the effect. You'd be amazed at the impression you can create with people, even with little content there. And that is what we're seeing with the mainstream media that we're exposed to with this whole pandemic thing. So I've been really glad that I didn't choose to spend my time on lawsuits and conflicts and seeking justice because one awareness I had looking into these people who were attacking me, I didn't know a one of them. They weren't following me. They weren't customers of my company is that they are all deeply unhappy people. Trolling strangers is just not an activity that a healthy or a happy person with a decent support network with a loving partner engages in. It was pretty interesting to learn who each of these people were as I got some help from my staff to do some investigation. Happy people don't hide behind fake profiles online. Happy people don't write blog posts attacking women whose babies died the day they were vaccinated. Happy people don't hang out in online forums where the only thing they have in common in these groups is that they spend a lot of time attacking strangers. I bet you have a story like mine where you felt deeply wronged, Maybe a story was told about you that wasn't fair or even true. And I'm curious, did you ever decide to just walk away from it? There's a guy from my old neighborhood. He lived across the street from me, pretty famous guy. Um, he owned a big company, still does. And his competitor stole his product and took a ton of business, tens of millions of dollars worth of business. And he spent 24 years in federal court and state court pursuing this other company and he won. I don't know if he ever got the money. I think he just kept getting tied up in them um, appealing it. And gosh, one thing I learned from him, I watched his employees quit over the fact that he couldn't talk about anything else, that, that he became obsessed with this decades long fight with his competitor company. I learned that I don't want to go there. I wasn't super concerned about what people think. Not after 
the various platforms helped us clean up the fake reviews and stuff. I just decided like I did with Wifeswap, let people think what they're going to think about me, right? I mean, you can still find people out there when it comes to that wife swap episode. You can find people on the web saying that I'm a terrible mom for the essays I had my kids write or for the smoothies or for supposedly making my kids all celebrate their birthdays together. But that experience really taught me to just stay grounded. Don't worry about how somebody who wants a headline or somebody who wants their show to be watched by millions or somebody who needs an enemy to make their cause more righteous. Who cares? what they have to say about me. I mean, hey, if a completely fake TV show aired to 21 million people, and that was just the first time, right? I'm still standing. I'm still fine. And it really taught me to just worry a lot less about what people think about me. So my message for you after sharing this whole experience I had is to just let's all stay in the high vibrations. Or at least, you know, if circumstances hijack us for a minute or for a week, get back there to the high vibrations as soon as humanly possible. When we get pulled out of our zone of being calm and happy and loving, if it's habitual to be in the highest frequencies, if we've cultivated that with our meditation, with our tapping, with our whatever method it is to get ourselves out of negative situations, if we know what it feels like to be calm and centered, if it if we know what it feels like to be loving and forgiving, we can course correct really quickly and we can get right back there, right back to that zone where we are happiest. Thank you for listening to my story. I hope that you are joining us in our fast. We are doing a fast for all the suffering people of the world. We're donating um, to hungry children in Africa because they are in a drought on top of all this other stuff that we're all going through. If you do a fast with us, um, we are feeding a child for three days while you fast with us for three days. You can just do a water fast and eat nothing, or you could do our modified fast, which is called the flash fast at a big discount with us. I think we all want to be in positive communities and we've got an amazing positive community organized around the flash fast. So join us for free in this fast that's going on. You could pick any three days you want. But I have some amazing health and wellness celebrities every evening at 5 p.m. Mountain Time doing um, a guided meditation or a prayer, give you some inspiration in these difficult times while we fast together. So please join us. Sign up at greensmoothiegirl.com slash fast. And as always, I love to hear from you on social media or in response to our latest email that we send out when we have new podcast episodes like this. I love to hear what you have to say, and I will see you next time. 